Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections I've created in order to make one money line or run line pick on every game that's played seven days a week. Though there are no Sunday shows. Do what you want with these picks. All of them, some of them, or none of them. Take what you like and leave the rest. My goals in this episode are to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being made in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as you go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling. So what I'll give you are loves, likes, and lean to indicate my confidence level. With respect to scaling wagers, and as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. So far, starting off well this week on a good Monday. Um, hopefully, we can keep that rolling here. Uh, I, again, I, I, just as a, as a reminder, as we continue to get a lot of new people on board each and every week, which is always exciting. Um, I'm giving a pick for every game. You know, take, take two or three you like, take five or six you like, take all of them if you like. Uh, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to play more games, spread your money around. It's good portfolio diversification. If you're just looking for a handful, uh, you know, just take a handful. Again, like I say, take what you like, leave the rest. Uh, my, my general thought process on this, and I've said this before, but in case you're newer, in case y'all, y'all, you maybe you missed it, my general thought process is, you know, do your own research. Find other people you trust as well. And if, if they kind of like something, and even if I just give it a B or a C pick, but you have other reason to like it, go for it. If I give something an A pick and you're on the other side, if you want to go against it, go against it. If I give it an A pick, my recommendation might be unless, you, you know, only go against it. Maybe if you really like it, if you really want to go against it and you really have confidence, you know, go for it. But, but the ABC thing is kind of just a weight that in with your other research uh, that you're doing and what you think about the game. And, and, you know, it just gives you a little bit more confidence with A, B, and C. But if you already have a lot of confidence or not a lot of confidence on the same side or not, you can kind of use that too. Some of the C picks do really well. So if you kind of like a C pick and I'm on that same side, go for it. You might have a little more confidence to me. That's totally fine. Maybe a B pick just gets you over the top. Maybe an A pick gets you over the top. Whatever it may be, just kind of average that in with your own stuff. It's kind of the way that I would I would treat it. But either way, again, hopefully just a lot of good information about all the games, some of the games, whatever games you're interested in talking about, I'm going to cover all of them here. But before we get to that some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball and we are college football content that this channel provides. Also, check out Horse Racing Today. If you like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net as they're a team of five. With over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races, there's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows on the website. The links are in the description. And as a reminder, we've started up a Patreon page. Those of you looking to support the show, membership starts at just $3 per month. Benefits include things such as exclusive access to the play of the day. When we had the play of the day for free on the website, it was double digit percent ROI on over a hundred plays. It's already got a positive ROI over on Patreon as well. Uh, it also gets you access to the discord group. You can get some ad free shows, early access to the shows and early access to the projected spreads. You can get, Take advantage of some misplaced lines. So a lot of benefits there. If you're interested, 
you can check out the Patreon page. The link is in the crawler there at the bottom. Also in the show's description. Otherwise, we'll get right to it here. We have a double header out in Los Angeles. Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. Starting pitchers not confirmed for the first game. It'll be 310 Eastern. Uh, of course, that's a pretty early start out there. Weather-wise, we're going to be in the 80s, basically, for this one. Uh, if it didn't start there, it should get into the low 80s by the end of it. Winds be blowing out. Starting in the 5 to 10 mile an hour range, but picking up as the day goes along should create a relatively favorable environment for the hitters. I expect a lot of runs, kind of no matter who pitches. If it does happen to be Zach Davies and Michael Grove, um, two slightly below average pitchers, given how good the Dodgers offense is. And the Diamondbacks offense trending up here uh, with all the call-ups they've made. Model says 9.5 runs, so if you can get over 9, that'd be good again if it's these two pitchers. The biggest thing I'm going to say about this game, and I'm going to say about the night game too, is you're going to want to check the lineups before you make any wages on this one for the total and the side, simply because with the Dodgers playing Sunday night, Monday night, now the doubleheader on Tuesday, and then having a Wednesday game, there's going to be a lot of people with off days here. There's, there's no need for Mookie or for Turner or for Freeman or for any of these guys to be playing both games of these double headers, you know, maybe one of them will a couple of them just at some point they don't have, you know, 18 hitters, but it's not going to be a lot of them. Right. I, I wouldn't imagine it's a full slate for both, both games. That doesn't happen anyway, but it really shouldn't happen here. So, I don't know how they're going to handle that, but that really makes a big difference because the Dodgers have such a good offense. But if they kind of give more guys a rest one day or split it up, that's just going to affect how we view this game. So assuming that each team is kind of at an even strength type thing for this game, or they both rest a key guy or two and it's relatively similar model says this should be Dodgers minus two Oh three is the price uh, that the model sets is the most accurate price. But again, a lot of variability in this one. So just want to check the lineups on that. And the same thing with the total. If if both teams are resting a bunch of their key guys in this first game and playing a more regular in the night game, uh, that would bring the total down as well uh, from the projected 9.5 to something else. So that's just the biggest thing on this one is let's check the lineups before we do anything here because uh, it's really going to matter with the Dodgers team that doesn't have a ton to play for here uh, in this doubleheader. 640 Eastern, first pitch Cubs at the Marlins. Uh, this Cubs team... Uh, maybe for the first time letting us down as an underdog. They've been a team that had been great to back as an underdog with plus odds or on the run line, but as a favorite, they've been more frustrating. Uh, starting off good here on Monday, and then that game really fell apart with the beginning there in the, I don't know, third or fourth inning, I can't remember what it was. Um, you know, one play goes differently there, a misplay that maybe things go differently, maybe not. Uh, Marlins team offensively starting to hit the ball a little bit better, they're not this good. They weren't as bad as a historically bad streak just because no major league offense is ever that bad. Uh, the truth is somewhere between there. They're still a bad offense. Uh, they just, it, it's, it's hard to say they were actually as bad as that run they were on. They, that was just kind of a little bit of bad luck, a little bit of bad stretch there. Uh, but they're probably not quite this good either. Uh, they, they have scored a few runs here this last week or so. I still don't think they're a great offense. I'm going to be back on the Cubs again. Same number as yesterday on this run line at minus 175, but it's only a B-grade play. I have a little bit less faith in the Cubs. Uh, here tonight, they're a little bit less likely to win than, than they were on Monday, in my opinion, in that the starting pitcher discrepancy favors the Marlins in Tuesday night's game in a way that it didn't in Monday night's game. In, in Monday night, the way... 
that Wade Miley had been pitching going against a guy like Edward Cabrera, who you know can give up some walks and give up some hard hit balls, a lot of strikeouts, but not a lot of depth, you know, just kind of an up and down type guy. And that's kind of the outing he had. But the way Miley had been pitching pretty average, that was kind of a wash. And so I felt much more confident back in the Cubs on Monday. It didn't work out for us, but whether it was on the money line or the run line. But here on Tuesday, Pablo Lopez is a better pitcher than Adrian Sampson. Now I like backing Sampson. He's pitched well this year. I said the model's a little bit down on him because of previous years, but this year the underlying metrics have said he's been pretty average, maybe a little above average. But either way, again, Pablo Lopez is still a better pitcher. I know the ERAs would disagree with that, but again, remember the ERA is a good metric of what did happen and not really a, a good metric of what will happen going forward. We have loads of evidence to, that, that tells us that. So Pablo Lopez being the better pitcher, I still like the Cubs like I did on Monday. But given that the Marlins have this advantage here, I like it a little bit less. Total still low. Total still seven. Just like on Monday, the model says go over. That worked on Monday. I don't know if it'll work here. It's always scary going over. Uh, with the Marlins, given how their offense can just disappear. And I like Samson and I like Pablo, but both these bullpens leave a lot to be desired. And seven's a really low number. So I don't think I would play under seven as much as I love playing under sevens. This isn't one I would do. It model says go over. I'm not sure I love the over either, but it's definitely an under. I wouldn't be. It's, oh, it's over or pass for me on this one. But if it is a low scoring game, that run line offers a lot of value because it, you know what the odds makers are projecting is a low scoring tight ball game. And in that case, Cubs run that makes a lot of sense. So to be a great pick, I think it's worth a look, but I'm just not as excited about it as I was Monday, just because Monday worked or if it hadn't, if it worked or didn't work, I don't think shouldn't bear a lot of impact into this game. If we just react to one game, we're going to be zigzagging and overreacting every which way possible. So it's not about Monday's game as much as it is. The starting pitching matchup again, just favors the Mullins a little bit more on Tuesday than Monday. So I still like the Cubs just a little bit less. I'll back them on the run line here at minus 175. Model says it should be Marlins minus 125. So the price I'm seeing right now of Marlins minus 144 is just too steep to back this Marlins team as bad as their relievers are, as bad as their offenses. And I know the Cubs have similar issues, but it's just I just can't support backing the Marlins at their price at minus 145. I think that's way too steep. Model agrees with that. So it's Cubs or pass, and I'll play them on the run line here. 640 Eastern first pitch, Astros at the Rays. Um... Christian Javier and Shane McClanahan, a similar story on this one as to Monday night's game. It should be a low-scoring game. I told you all for Monday, I loved going under that total. Today's total is 6.5. Model says 6.3, so model still says to go under 6.5. I probably would. It's just it's hard to get that confident in under 6.5, so it's not an A-grade under by any stretch of the imagination, just out of principle of, of 6.5s so or just they're hard to go under, especially knowing, you know, if we get to 3-3, we've lost. Uh, but this should be a really low-scoring game. The pitchers are better in this one than they are on Monday. Monday's game had four runs scored in it. McClanahan is one of the top pitchers in baseball. And Christian Javier uh, is a better pitcher than Luis Garcia, who, who got who pitched fantastic on Monday, but it's a little more erratic. Javier's a little bit more consistent on the whole. Uh, it should be a, a good ball game, but the model thinks the Rays should be favored uh, to the price of minus 138. So I'm going to take the Rays at minus 128 with a B-grade pick, as the model indicates that there's about a dime of value here. It's a pretty good edge. It's not quite an A-grade, specifically because this Astros team is really good. And we saw it Monday night as an Astros fan. I'm well aware that they're really good. I haven't faded them a ton this year because they've been a more profitable team to back. And we faded them. hasn't gone really well, but I just think that they're priced – a little bit too, uh, a little too extreme here. I just need bigger plus odds with the Astros going against the guy like McClanahan. 
Not an A-grade play, though, really specifically because the Astros being such a right-handed heavy team projected to do better against lefties. Now, I'm not sure that holds against a guy like McClanahan, who's probably the best lefty um, in baseball. So it's, it, it may not help as much, but this Astros offense is good. They project to hit lefties a little bit better, so it has me a little bit nervous. But, I mean, the Rays still have a massive starting pitcher edge. They almost always do with McClanahan on the hill. Relievers are about a wash. Asher's offense better than the Rays' offense, but in Tampa with McClanahan, I think this is a short price. I'll back the Rays at minus 128. Like I said, I'd look under six and a half. It's not my favorite play. I probably would go, as hard as this is to say, I probably would go Astros team total under if I was looking at one of those sides just because I just have so much more faith in McClanahan than I do with Javier. 640 Eastern first pitch, Red Sox at the Rays. I'm all over the Red Sox in this one. It's an A-grade play for me at the price of minus 106. Model says it should be minus 124. I think the Red Sox should be solid favorites here. They've been a disappointment, absolutely. This Red Sox team is still much better than the Reds, and I feel like that's getting lost somewhere in all of this. Also, Brian Bello, a guy I've been talking about, has been making us a ton of money. I don't understand why he's not getting respect. If people are just looking at the ERA, then that's bonkers. I don't think that's accurate. I don't think anybody who's actually influencing any of these lines is. So I can't really explain it. it does have a 510 ERA, but the underlying metrics have it. His ERA should be in the low threes. I mean, this is a really good young pitcher. Gets a well above average grade. I like Lodolo. I've been backing him and talking about him as well. A really good pitcher. And I think Lodolo is better, but I don't think it's by much. I mean, this, this line is priced. Given how much better the Red Sox offense is than the Reds, and given how much better the relievers are not that the red sox relievers are good but the reds relievers aren't this game is priced as if lodolo is way better than bellow and it's 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 microscopic how much better he is so again model says the red sox should be solid favorites here i agree minus 106 is a great price i don't think this is a coin toss game but it's being priced that way i think the red sox should be road favorites here i'm all over them again at this price of minus 106 total it's 8.5 models is 8.1. Again, I think both pitchers might be a little bit undervalued. So you have a hitter friendly ballpark, but you'll have winds blowing in. they will be under five miles an hour, but they're not going to give the hitters any help whatsoever. It will start off warm in the mid eighties, but it's going to close in the mid seventies. So, I mean, early on when it's the most hitter friendly weather, it's going to be when the starting pitchers are at their freshest, the biggest, biggest bugaboo here is going to be the first inning. If these pitchers can get out of the first inning when it's the warmest and when the other offenses both have their top guys up, if this is a, a no-run first-inning situation, I love this under 8.5. If they can limit the damage, I still think under 8.5 is a good shot. That's going to be the biggest thing here because um, as the temperature gets cooler as the game goes on, I don't see as many runs being scored in innings you know, two through six here. I see it being relatively low scoring, and I think both pitchers undervalued Bellow a lot. That's part of the reason why I'm all over the Red Sox here at this price. 6.45 Eastern, first pitch, Blue Jays at the Phillies. Around 80 degrees to start, mid to low 70s to close. Winds will be blowing maybe in, maybe across around 5-ish miles an hour, maybe a little stronger to start. So maybe a little bit of a help to the pitchers uh, earlier on, but but not a ton. Uh, fairly neutral weather on this one. Total on this one's 8.5 models, is 8.6, so a really well-priced game. Two above average offenses, the Blue Jays offense, one of the best in baseball, but it's one of those, it's probably the best in baseball uh, against uh, a lefty, against a righty, it's just, it's just good. Philly's offense, good 
against a righty and a little bit less. So overall, the Phillies offense is a little bit left-handed heavy, so it makes them a little bit better against righties. Blue Jays offense is like all righties, basically, which makes them a little bit worse against righties. So when you, when you consider righty versus righty, model actually says the Phillies offense is a little better. It's rounding air better. But the point being, righty on righty, these offenses are about the same. Now, again, lefty on lefty, totally different story. Lefty on lefty, the Blue Jays offense is massively better than the Phillies. And so overall, the Blue Jays offense is better than the Phillies. And there might be a lefty pitching later in the game. And that's, again, more of an edge Blue Jays. But you have to remember the managers know these things as well, too. When you, when you face the Blue Jays, your lefties don't get a ton of work, you know, in, in crucial situations, unless they're legit lefties. And then they'll probably be okay because they're the best pitchers. So uh, that being said, Blue Jays, again, overpriced. Again, a really good team. But this price... Just doesn't make any sense. The Phillies relievers are better. Stripling's a better pitcher than Gibson, but that probably mostly balances out. Plus odds for the Phillies here is a great value. It's an A-grade play for me. The model says the Phillies should be slight favorites, so the price minus 111. It's a wrong team favorite situation. I could see maybe minus 111 is a little high on the Phillies, but at minimum it should be Phillies minus you know, 105, that sort of thing, where it's being treated as a coin toss game. Model thinks, though, it's a coin toss game edge Phillies. So plus odds is a great value here. I'm all over them. A great play for me on Philadelphia. Again, Stripling a better pitcher than Gibson, but not by a lot. Stripling's underlying metric CSRA should be a little bit higher. Gibson's underlying metric CSRA should be a little bit lower. So the difference is not as large as the ERAs would indicate in this one. 7 to 5 Eastern first pitch, Tigers. At the Orioles, upper 70s to start, mid-70s to close. Winds will be blowing in at first and then across to finish, around five miles an hour for most of this game. Joey Wentz versus Austin Voth. Wentz is a solid young pitcher, 415 ERA. And the underlying metrics actually say it should be in the low threes. Projects around four going forward. A solid pitcher, nothing great, but, but probably a little bit better than Voth, uh, who's – not, I'm not confident he's going to give us a lot of length. 436 ERA and the underlying metrics say that's pretty accurate. There, both these relievers are pretty solid. Of course, the Orioles have an edge offensively. Orioles completely fell apart on Monday. I'm not saying I see a repeat of that, but I don't think the Orioles should be favored anywhere near the price that they're being uh, offered at right now. Model says it should be Orioles minus 137. Actual prices, Orioles minus 200. It's 100% Tigers are past. This is one of the biggest edges. This is the, the biggest edge of the night. One of the biggest edges um, that I've seen here in weeks on the Tigers. You can take a flyer on it at plus 184. Um, but as I've long talked about, if you're newer here, maybe you've missed this. But for a long stretch of the season, when I was just playing money lines, this plus 184 on the Tigers would have been the exact play that I would have said, hey, two units is a great play. I'm going to make that a B-grade pick with a huge edge, and they lose by one. So I'm going to the run line here, and the edge is big enough. I can give that an A-grade um, because that's the, the type of value that this offers. At minus 120, road team run line is more valuable than home team. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm all over the Tigers. So you can put a flyer out, put a little you know half unit or something on the Tigers money line. Might make some sense, but if nothing else, this run line play is fantastic, in my opinion. It's Tigers or pass. I, I, the model thinks that Wentz is a better pitcher than Voth. Even if that's not true, even if they're the same, given that the bullpens are, are mostly the same, again, the Royals relievers have done really well this season, but the Tigers relievers actually rate better. The differences in these offenses cannot get me anywhere near a price like Orioles minus 200. The Orioles should be favored, but this is the type of play that if you make this type of play all season long, you're going to lose all your money and more uh, because the Orioles, I can't see 
a scenario where I feel confident saying the Orioles win this game two out of three times. Uh, you know, models is 50, 58% of the time. I might go up to 60% of the time, but to, get, to say they win it 67% of the time is insanely high. Uh, there's no way I could agree with that with, uh, again, mostly a wash on pitching. Model thinks Tigers have an edge there on pitching. Uh, you saw what happened Monday. The same thing could easily happen here. The Orioles are not a lock, but at minus 200, that's the way they're being treated. So I'm all over the Tigers run line. A great play for me there at minus 120. 7 to 5 Eastern start time. Pirates at the Yankees. Around 75 degrees for this one. A little above to start, a little below to finish. Winds will be blowing out to right field. 5 to 10 miles an hour. Maybe a little bit across. Maybe a little bit out. Uh, could help a left-handed hitter or a right-handed hitter wanting to go the opposite field. Could push the ball foul, though. So who knows really there. Um, starters not confirmed on this one. I'm plugging in Luis Ortiz for the Pirates who had a good start his first time out, went almost six innings, didn't give up a run. Advanced metrics say his ERA should have been in the mid to upper threes. Projects to be fairly average. Obviously, Cortez is a better pitcher. 270 ERA on the season, but the underlying metrics say it should be in the mid threes. That's what he projects going forward is somewhere in that mid three area. Obviously, the Yankees' offense is better. The relievers are better. The Yankees should be massive favorites in this one. Model says Yankees minus 251. If it is these two pitchers, I'm getting excited for the Yankees if I can back them at a price better than 250. You might look run line instead of money line, but that's kind of my money line eyeball price. There's 250 or better. I'm all over the Yankees. And the 225 or better, I love the Yankees. That would easily be an A-grade play, whether you take it there or the corresponding run line. On the Pirates, I mean, you really got to get pretty far above plus 250 before that becomes a play that I'm excited about. I would take a stab on them with the money line just saying, these big dogs have won at a much higher clip than the odds have implied and been profitable all season long. So if, if you're getting plus 260, plus 270, something like that, you got to look at the Pirates. Uh, model would indicate it'd be an A-grade play if it got up towards plus 285. We'll see what happens. I'll make a pick on Twitter and update that in the sheet once we get all that information out later on. 720 Eastern start time. Nationals at the Braves. Another situation here should be all Braves. They should be massive favorites here. Charlie Morton versus Patrick Corbin. Here's the thing I've been saying with Patrick Corbin all season long. You know, does have that 611 ERA, but it's been a lot of bad luck. He's been very okay as of late. Not good, uh, but he now rates, according to the model, at 102, uh, where 100 is average. Uh, the underlying metric says the ERA should be four and a half. So, I mean, that's not good, but it's not as bad as Eddie Ray, not as bad as the loss streak. He had some bad results, but I don't think that was really indicative of his pitching. What it was is he'd have three really good innings and one absolutely terrible inning where everything fell apart in one inning. And the advanced metrics look at that and kind of say, bunching that up like that's not really a skill or a detriment. It's not really a thing pitchers do. It could have easily, just as easily happened where he gave up, you know, two to three base runners every inning for four innings. And then he gives up like two runs and not have them all in one inning where he gives up eight. And so again, not, I'm not saying Patrick Corbett's good. I'm just saying he's not as bad as Eddie Ray, not as bad as the perception might be. Morton's been throwing the ball really well lately though. Morton's still a better pitcher. I'd be much more comfortable backing Morton here. Uh, Braves offense is better. Braves relievers are better, but it's all about the price. And at some point, if you haven't figured that out yet, then I don't know why you're here because I can't help you. I mean, the price is really important. And Braves minus 305 is just way too steep. The Nationals, we've seen them over the last few weeks win a few games. Uh, I haven't backed the Nationals hardly at all this year. 
because the model says they're <laughs> that they're not that good, and they aren't. But at this price, I think the Nationals offer, um, you know, maybe a little bit of value here at plus two seventy. The model says it should be two sixty five. I think the Nats are worth a look, especially as this creeps up toward three hundred. Again, just worth a fly or a half a unit, a quarter a unit, something to diversify. Maybe they pull the upset. Maybe they lose big. If you're playing the Braves, it's got to be on the run line. But either way, the run line doesn't offer that much value either because you're having to pay real, a really steep price for the possibility the Braves might win this game 5-4 to four or something like that. So um, I had an A-grade play on the Braves last night on the run line. I thought uh, it was great value, and they won fairly handily. That same thing could happen again, but this price is just not a good long-term investment because at these prices, we're asking the Braves to do something that they aren't capable of doing in the long run in terms of if they were to play this game multiple times. So I think the Braves are more likely to win. That doesn't mean they're the right, the right play. And again, if I haven't done a good job of communicating to you why that sentence makes sense, I don't think there's much else I can say on this one. I'm on the Nats at plus 270. It's just a C-grade pick because I just don't like the value yet, but plus 280, plus 290. You're starting to say that you got to be a little bit more excited about the Nats and you got to really think about putting a tiny bit more on them just because the value there is that number keeps going up. It doesn't mean the Nats are more likely to win. It just means that the payout is that much higher that it's worth your investment. If this gets up to plus 300, the model would indicate that's A grade value. I'm not saying it would be an A grade pick at that point, but it's when you really got to start thinking of if that's the way the number moves. You never know. If this number comes down, I can absolutely say I'm on the Braves. It's all about the price. Model says it should be Braves minus 265. So if I could get a price like Braves minus 250, I think that's a good investment. It's just not where it is right now. I'm seeing minus 305, and that's just way too high on the Braves. Total in this one's eight and a half. Model says 8.3. Be 85 degrees to start, around 80 degrees to close. Winds kind of swirling around, maybe a little bit more out to start, maybe a little bit more in or across to finish, not really making much impact. They're a little bit warmer though, uh, but a fairly well-priced total on that one. 740 Eastern Mets at the Brewers. Nailed getting the Mets there on that one. Said on show yesterday, if the Mets got anywhere in the plus odds, it had to be an A-grade pick, got the plus 103. And I tweeted out, added that to the sheet, said it's it's an A-grade at this point. Hopefully you were on that with me. So the Mets won that one fairly handily. Scherzer, just a pitcher you can trust at this point. Corbin Burns, just kind of solid still, but just not quite what we used to what we're used to expecting from him. Uh, no line on this one yet. As starting pitchers haven't been confirmed. Uh, Mets look like they're going to throw Carlos Carrasco in the projection as Aaron Ashby for the Brewers. If that's the case, the model says the Mets should be slight road favorites at the price of minus 115. Um, if the roof is open, which is what I project for this one, it will be a little bit warmer in Milwaukee. That'll give the, uh, you know, an extra 10th or two tenths of a run there as we're going to be closer to 80 degrees. And in general, with the roof closed there, it's not quite that warm. Uh, so model says total of 8.1. But again, the Mets should be slight favorites in this case. I like their offense better. I talked about that yesterday. I like their relievers more. I like Carrasco more than Ashby. Both those guys rate out at above average. Um, Ashby's not as bad as that 450 in the Don't be deceived by that. Um, but I, I still think Carrasco is the better pitcher. As both these guys have better advanced metrics than their ERAs would indicate. But I'd be on the Mets here. Um 
if I was getting a price like minus 120 on the Mets, I'd be on them. I'd be starting to get more excited, more in the low minus one teens. And if it was minus 105 or better, that would be an A-grade play for me on the Mets. On the flip side for the Brewers, uh, if I was getting more like plus 110, that's probably a play on the Brewers. Uh, plus 115, that's when I'm starting to think it's really worth a look. And in the plus 125 to plus 130 range, somewhere in that ballpark would be the A-grade play. Again, all about the price. We'll see what that is. I'll make a play on that later on. 805 Eastern Start Time Angels at the Rangers. A pair of pretty poor pitchers here in Mike Myers and Cole Reagans. Uh, both these guys have mid-five ERAs, and um, that's not really deceptive. That's pretty accurate. Underlying metrics for both these pitchers say they should be in the mid to low fives. Two very below average starting pitchers. Uh, two below average sets of relievers. Rangers relievers not as bad, though, as the Angels, and two fairly average offenses. I know the Angels have been a lot better with Trout, but that's just because of how bad they were without Trout. Um, this Angels offense is still very average. They don't have uh, really a whole lot once you get past their top three hitters at this point. Rangers average, uh, Rangers offense also average, um, yeah, kind of a similar setup, kind of top-heavy. Uh, so, I mean, both these offenses are a wash. The starting pitchers are a wash. The only difference in this game is the Rangers relievers are a little bit better in the games in Arlington. So why am I getting 105 on the Rangers? I can't tell you other than we're back to everyone likes to bet on the Angels. It was a foolish play on Monday. I think it's a foolish play on Tuesday as well. Angels traveling, Rangers rested. It's a bad travel spot. <sighs> Model says Rangers minus 130. I tend to agree. They should be small, but small to moderate favorites in this one. Minus 105 is a gift. A great play for me on the Rangers. Doesn't mean they win. It just means this is being priced as a coin toss. And I don't think it's a coin toss game. Now, again, the, I, the model says the Angels have a 43.5% chance of winning. 43.5% chance things happen all the time. If your local weatherman said it's a 43% chance of rain tomorrow and it rained, you wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming, right? So, I mean, the Angels could win this game, but the price in this offers a lot of value because the Rangers win this game much more often than the applied odds of 105 would indicate. So, it's an A grade play for me on them. And the model indicates going over. This total of 8.5, both offenses, again, average, but both sets of relievers well below average to extremely below average, and both starting pitchers well below average. So these are the two offenses that might struggle against better pitching, but better pitching won't be around in this ball game. Pitching's really bad, fairly neutral park. Uh, I'm surprised this total isn't set at 9. I think 8.5 is way too low. Model says 9.3. I expect some runs in this game just because I don't really like any of the pitching. So I'm on the Rangers here, A-grade pick. And like I said, I'll also be on that over eight and a half. I'd still be on over nine as well, although I like it a little bit less, knowing that if it's a four to four game that we might still push versus over eight and a half, four to four, we know that we've already won. 18 Eastern start time, Twins. At the Royals, it is going to be a hot one in Kansas City. Mid-90s to start, upper 80s to close, and the winds will be blowing out at almost 10 miles an hour in a fairly pitcher-friendly ballpark. Twins offense, it's pretty good. A Royals team, it's been a pretty over-friendly team here. Uh, total in this game is 8.5. Favorite over of the day right here. Model says it should be 10.1. This total makes no sense to me. Both these starting pitchers are average at best. And this weather, the ball is going to fly in that ballpark. Hoffman is one of the top 10 hitter ballparks, and it's even more hitter friendly on days like this where it's warm in Kansas City. It's like the odds makers forgot to look at the weather, which I'm sure they didn't do, but that's the only thing I can think of as to why this total is so low. There's nothing in this game that gives me any confidence um, that we're going to stay under the Twins. 
Uh, had to use a ton of relievers here on Monday. Had to use a ton of relievers in their doubleheader on Saturday. It's not like they're, the Twins relievers are solid, but they're not well-rested enough to make me feel like they can have a huge impact. And Dylan Bundy isn't a pitcher that inspires confidence whatsoever. Um, Zach Grinke gets an exact average rating from the model. The problem with Grinke, he's going against a pretty above-average offense against the Twins. And at best, he's probably going to give you only about five innings or so and turn it over to a pretty poor set of Royals relievers. Again, that's that pitching in really hitter-friendly conditions. Um, this one doesn't make any sense to me. I'm all over this eight and a half over. I think it should be ten. It's a late September game, but it's going to feel like it's uh, you know June or July out there, and the balls will be flying. So I love this over. And that's all I love about this game. I think it's a pretty well-priced game in general. Uh, I'm not comfortable laying minus 124 with the Twins on the road when I don't have the better starting pitcher. But I don't really love backing the Royals at a price of only plus 114. Given that Grinky isn't that good, the Royals relievers are terrible, the Twins have a better offense. It's not really a lot of value right now in this game. Model says it should be Twins minus 116. So if I could get a price like minus 115 or better on the Twins, I'd be a little more excited. But right now I'm seeing minus 125. It's not really anywhere near that. Uh, minus 105 would be an A grade on the Twins if it moves 20 cents. It's not impossible. So if that happens, minus 105, that would be an A grade play on the Twins. On the Royals, I, I plus 114 is okay. Uh, really, I need the upper plus one teens, closer to plus 120 before I'm really excited about it and think it offers some value. Plus 130 would be an A-grade play. So we're about 15 cents away from that. So we're 20 cents away from an A-grade play on one side and 15 on the other side. It just tells you it's not really a game that offers a lot of value right now if that line moves overnight. By the time you watch this, maybe that's a different story. Maybe you shop around and you get a better line. But again, I want to play at one book. That's one of the handicaps I put on myself to make it a little bit harder on me to profit because I always want to be able to say if I'm profiting, I know you can. And so by only shopping at one book, the book doesn't have really a good price right now. So I'll take the Royals at plus 114, just a C-grade pick though. Not one that I'm really looking at the run line on the Royals for simply because since I expect a lot of runs, I don't think the run line is going to be a great help. If I was playing the Twins, I might look at those plus odds and just say there's going to be a ton of runs. And if they win, it's not extremely likely that they win by once. That could be another angle if you're backing the Twins, trying to look for those nice plus odds on the run line. 18 Eastern first pitch Guardians at the White Sox. Guardians getting it done for us on uh, Monday afternoon in convincing and exciting fashion. It'll be a warm one in Chicago for this one. Mid-80s to start, low-80s to close. Winds will be blowing across around 10 miles an hour. Could affect some pop flies, but not going to really help us with regards to the total. Haven't confirmed starting pitchers on this one. Uh, I'm projecting the Guardians to throw Aaron Savali against Dylan Cease for the White Sox. Uh, obviously, Dylan Cease is a much better pitcher than Savali. But otherwise, I, the White Sox just don't excite me that much to back home. Savali, not as bad as that 540 ERA. Underlying metrics say it should be in the upper threes. Cease has a 216 ERA, but the underlying metrics say it should be in the low threes. That tells you that the difference between these two pitchers is there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, a projected ERA in the low threes versus the upper threes, almost a full run there. That's a real difference. Um, but it's not that big of a difference, given that the Guardians relievers are better than the White Sox relievers, and both these offenses are just average. So, I mean, you wipe out the offenses. The Guardians relievers probably offsets the location. It means the only advantage that the White Sox have is Cease over Savali. And, and when you dive into this one, when you look at things beyond just ERA – 
you say Cease is a better pitcher, but I don't see how you can get to a crazy huge price on the White Sox. I'll probably be on the Guardians on this one. Model says it should be White Sox minus 127. Again, I think the White that's a 56% probability. I'm giving them if everything else cancels out, like I said, relievers cancel out with the home field. That's 6% boost from Savali over Cease. That seems about right. He, again, Cease is definitely better, but he only controls so much of the game. And Savali's not a bad pitcher. Again, don't look at the ERAs, right? Look at everything else. Savali's not a bad pitcher. Um, like I said, I'll probably be on the Guardians here. If we're getting plus 140 or better, it's it's probably an A grade. Uh, model says total is 7.4. So depending on what the odds are, could look run line two, could split your bet, look, could look for a plus one. A lot of different ways to play this. But money line, again, something better than mine, than plus 140 would be my money line A grade play on the Guardians. But again, with a low total, two good pitchers. Um, you know, the White Sox relievers aren't bad. They're above average. Just the Guardians relievers are fantastic. You can really talk me into a uh, run line here on the road team, making a lot of sense for the Guardians as well. So I'm going to make an official pick on that once we have a line. 840 Eastern first pitch Giants at the Rockies. Run 90 degrees to start in Denver. A warm one should provide more runs than we would expect otherwise, given these starting pitchers. Around 80 degrees to finish. Winds blowing mostly across in this one. Uh, 5 to 10 miles an hour is probably not going to help or hurt pitchers or hitters. Carlos Radon versus Kyle Freeland, a pair of lefties here. Rockies hit lefties better. Um, Giants hit lefties worse. That's going to bring this a little bit closer to a coin toss type game than you would otherwise think. Neither one of these relievers excites me. The Rockies are a much better home team than road team. This game's in San Francisco. I'd be all over Radon here as long as the price wasn't too high. But this one, the model says it should be Giants minus 116 assuming it is these two pitchers and a total of 10 Freeland rates at average. Rodone rates solidly in that third tier of pitching again, DeGrom one, a bunch of guys fighting for the Cy Young really in tier two. And then tier three would, would include guys like Rodone again, a really good pitcher, uh, but you know, playing Coors, warm day. It, it, this one's tough to get a feel for in the total. Uh, again, weather wise, I'd say go over. Pitcher-wise, though, Freeland, again, being an average pitcher, knowing how to pitch in Coors, um, Giants not as good against lefties. I, I might be looking a little bit under, so it kind of gives you mixed messages there. So your model says about 10, so we'll see what number uh, this is priced at. And again, I'll make an official play on that later on. As always, with all these games, a lot of missing lines right now. Check Twitter, Twitter and the sheet for those. 940 Eastern, first pitch. Cardinals at the Padres. Mid-70s to start, low-70s to close. We're going to be blowing in from left field at about 10 miles an hour. Uh, maybe also a little bit across, though, so that could really affect this one. If it's more in, of course, that's going to really deflate the total. If it's more across, it's going to keep it up. Right now, model averaging those two possibilities together says the total should be 7.8. Actual total is 7.5. Um, both offenses pretty dang good. Uh, so, I mean, for the model to say 7.8 in, in San Diego – Tells you just how, how good the model thinks these offenses are. Uh, both sets of relievers, a little bit above average, kind of a wash. I mean, you look at the offenses and the relievers of these two teams, I think it's a straight wash. The difference is uh, the starting pitching. Aaron, Adam Wainwright is a much better pitcher than Mike Clevenger, a faded Clevenger hard last time out that worked for us. I, I just don't have any faith in him. I, I think he's a pretty below average pitcher. Model gives him a 107 grade. Uh, we're hanging on to the glory days of old. Again, he's, he's just not that good. That 447 ERA in the underlying metrics state should actually be worse than that, closer to five. 
Uh, Wainwright, probably not as good as that 329 ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should still be in the mid to upper three. So, I mean, you got a massive starting pitcher edge here for the Cardinals. Game's in San Diego, but the Cardinals should be pretty big favorites in this one, considering they're on the road, in my opinion. Model says minus 122. Even money is a fantastic play on the Cardinals. Again, it's being treated like it's a coin toss game, slight edge Padres, but I think it's decent edge Cardinals here. Again, model says the Cardinals win this about 55% of the time. Um, that's not nothing. And 55% probability at even money is a fantastic place. I'm all over the Cardinals here with an A grade pick out in San Diego. 940 Eastern first pitch. Our favorite team, the Mariners, coming through for us again on Monday. As because uh, Jared talked about, I talked about if the price got any better on the Mariners, we'd have to add more to them. That turned out to be the case. Uh, had Julio Rodriguez as 50-50 to play, still having 50-50 to play. And then we found out Trout wasn't playing. That made us have even more value. I'm not sure if it matters. Trout plays. The Mariners scored nine runs. Like I'm trying to tell you all with the Mariners, their offense is pretty good. It's easily a top 10 offense. If they decide to play the right lineup, they have nine hitters, including a catcher, that all project to be above league average. There's not a lot of teams that can say that one through nine. Um so again, a pretty good av- offense here for the Mariners. Not the case for the A's. Obviously, the Mariners bullpen much better than the A's bullpen, and Luis Castillo much better than JP Sears. All over the Mariners here at minus two oh two. My rule of thumb here, uh, looking at this one, told me that minus two oh eight would be an A grade play. So two oh two. I'm laying. I'm not going run line here. I tend to not like to lay minus twos unless there's specific reasons to do it. This is one of those in that I think it's going to be a really low scoring game. I'd actually be going under seven models is 6.4. Given how low scoring, I think this one's going to be, I don't want to have to win by two. I'd rather just lay a little bit more odds here. I know that there's a little bit of a risk there, but there's a much higher probability we win. And the probability that we win by more than one takes a pretty big hit since I project 6.4 runs. So I don't think run line is worth it on this one, even though it is the road team. I'm just going to lay the minus 202. I'm not going to try to get cute. A great play for me on the Mariners model says it should be minus 234. Sears isn't a bad pitcher, uh, but he's not above average. And Luis Castillo, again, another one of those solid third-tier pitchers, really good, not quite into the you know, Verlander, Scherzer, those guys, uh, but right behind there in that next tier Uh 268 year in the season and the underlying metrics say, you know, right around three is where he should be. That's where he projects to be going forward. He should have a successful day against the A's and the Mariners. Again, even with Julio 50-50 to play, offense is good enough to put up some runs. But again, the game might be going under in, massively pitcher-friendly ballpark, a normal night in Oakland, nothing really to talk about there. Should be relatively low scoring. This feels like a game the Mariners win. You know, something like either, you know, five to one, three to two, something like that. Relatively low scoring. I don't see us getting to seven. That's why I like the under. Uh, but enough situations with the Mariners one by one, I'm just going to lay the odds and not worry about the run line in that one. And to wrap us up, game two of the doubleheader in Los Angeles. Diamondbacks at the Dodgers will be 10 10 Eastern first pitch. You're not sure on the pitchers. They could crisscross. We don't know. Uh, I think the Dodgers pitchers, I think, are confirmed it's the Diamondbacks that we don't know about. But I'm projecting Dre Jamison, who made his. A sparkling major league debut last time out, seven shutout innings. And the underlying metrics were impressed enough. And based off of his minor league um, data, not, not you know, he struggled a little bit here the last bit. He's, he's had just some ups and downs in the minor leagues, but he's had enough really positive stints in the minor leagues 
uh, and that really good first start model says maybe a little bit better than average at this point. Again, anytime a young guy comes up and is projected around average, that bodes well. Uh, obviously, Tyler Anderson, though, a better pitcher. Obviously, the Dodgers offense better. Relievers better, right? Again, another game the Dodgers should be massive favorites. And model says 241 with a total of 7.9 as it will be a lot cooler here in the nightcap. And the pitcher starting pitchers project to be a little bit better. But again, just as a reminder, like I said at the start of the episode, I'll close this out by just saying we got to figure out who's playing which games for the Dodgers because that really matters if they have you know three guys out. That's going to affect the price by you know, 20, 30 cents potentially, depending on exactly where we fall on the probability to money line conversion scale. So I uh, want to wait on that before making a play. A decent chance that we can make a play on both games once we see game one's lineup because we'll have a decent idea of how game two will look. Maybe not a perfect one, but at least we'll know in the ballpark some things. Uh, you know, for instance, if, you know, if Mookie's not playing game one and Turner's not playing game one, we'll have a decent idea that they'll be playing game two. So we might know a little bit more about game two just based off of game one. Um, but again, want to see the lineups of the Dodgers, especially in these times when they're not playing for much. But the Dodgers should be massive favorites. Easily would be looking run line on them if that's the side to play or take the Diamondbacks just in the money line and just hope they can spring the upset at the big plus odds if that's worth you know a half unit or something like that for a fun play for you on that. If that's the way that you decide to look, that'd be my recommendation. And that is all 16 games for Tuesday. Again, a lot of picks we made. Check Twitter. Check the sheet for those. Right now, my A-grade plays be the Red Sox at minus 106 at the Reds, the Phillies at plus 105 at home against the Blue Jays, the Tigers on the run line at minus 120 at the Orioles, the Rangers at minus 105 at home against the Angels, the Cardinals at even money at the Padres, and the Mariners at minus 202 at the Athletics. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Check out the website if you haven't yet. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you again tomorrow for more MLB betting content. We've also got college football content dropping all week, so check that out if you haven't yet. And until I see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your any money.